Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Phillips. We're kicking off a brand new series on discipleship in the kingdom. Here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about a theory I've been working on of four classic and great discipleship processes that God has been using since the Garden of Eden to get us into the best shape as possible to live and move and serve and work as kingdom citizens. Now today, we're going to get into what I believe is the greatest one and the first one, and that is marriage. How marriage is one of God's classic and greatest discipling processes. In this episode, I hope you hear from the Lord. I hope you become even more established in the faith, and I hope you live out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Let's go. Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Kevin Phillips. So excited about the topic we're going to be addressing today, continuing on with discipleship in the kingdom, but focusing on one of God's classic discipleship processes, marriage. Over this series, I'm going to bring out four classic and enduring great discipleship processes that God is using right now and marriage is one of them. Now, with the four we're going to bring out, including marriage, here's something that's going to be unique and, and true to all of them, right? And for them to be classic, enduring, great discipleship processes that God uses, they've got to be something he's used all the way from the beginning. So we're going to see that these four classic discipleship processes, they're all originated in the Garden of Eden. We're going to see that all four of them play out throughout history in different people's lives throughout the Bible. And we're going to see that they all focus on making us citizens of his kingdom and acquiring all of his attributes to live out his kingdom in our lives right now and forever. And the one that we're going to consider today is God's discipleship process of marriage, God's greatest discipleship process. And I want you just to think about how linked marriage is to religion, even in our Western secular culture. Uh, when you think about it on the movies, when you think about it in your mind, the imagery that comes to your mind, uh, the person that would officiate your wedding, whether you're churched or unchurched, usually we're looking for some spiritual influence, some pastor, some priest to come and officiate that. And have you ever considered why? Why is something so intimate and personal as marriage between a man and a woman brought in to be so connected to the church, to God, to something spiritual? And guys, here's why I think that is. It's because it is God who has ordained marriage. God has a great purpose. He wants us to be followers of Jesus, to be disciples of Jesus, and to accomplish this, he has designed certain processes that endure throughout the history of the world that are for all people. He's put these processes in place that we go through them in our life to help us conform to the image of Christ, and we end up as citizens of his kingdom. Now, marriage is one of those great processes. Now, before we go on any further, I want you to just ask you a question. Have you ever considered marriage as a discipleship process. Really, just think about it. I'm mean, just, just take some time, slow down a minute, 
Have you ever considered, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> when I thought about getting married, there were, you know, other kinds of things we were thinking about, right? I wanted companionship. I wanted a smoking hot wife, right, that I was going to live life with and have fun with and have all the things that marriage entails. But I had never considered marriage as a discipleship process. But here's the deal. Here, I'm, I'm looking at marriage a whole lot different now with almost 28 years of it under our belt. I'm looking at marriage a whole lot different having raised uh, adult children now that are of marrying age and what marriage is going to be like for them and what they're going to go through. So today, here's what I want you to consider. I want you to think about the marriage that you're contemplating, the marriage that you're engaged to begin, or the marriage that you're in right now, no matter the situation in it, God has brought you into it whether it's just begun or about to begin, or you've been at it for a long time. He's brought you into it with purpose and intent as one of his great discipleship processes. So how? How's he doing it? How is God using marriage as a discipleship process in our life? Well, for it to be true, it has to all go back to the garden, like we said, and marriage it was initiated in the garden. I want us to look at that in Genesis chapter 2 and just see where God first brought this together. Right there in chapter 2, starting at verse 20, after God had created all the animals of the earth and Adam and Adam had named all these animals, but God looked and saw there was no suitable helper found for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and that he'd taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, I love this. I love the emotion that goes with this. Now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of a man. And then we get this great marriage verses where we see God instituting this relationship between the man and the woman. For this reason, God said, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Now, remember that. We're going to come back. It's going to be a big part of what we talk about today. They will become two, one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Man, I tell you what, how beautiful and wonderful would marriage be today <laughs> if we lived before each other as husband and wife with no shame. The shame that is in our life due to our own sin or the sin that has been done to us sets off a lot of chain reactions. And what if one of the things about our marriages is that God was trying to remove that shame from our life and help us see ourselves free of that guilt, free of that shame, and see us in the way that God sees us covered by the blood of Jesus. Man, in this marriage, we see that God, right there in the garden, in the first marriage he kicked off, it had purpose and it had intent. God had purpose and intent. You see, it says that there was no suitable helper found for Adam. And the purpose of marriage was to bring man and woman together and give them a great purpose. The second part, there was intent in the marriage, and that was to fill the gaps of everything that was missing. 
So God said, there's no suitable helper for him. And he made a woman and he took that man and woman, didn't just make them business partners, didn't just make them farmers together. He brought them together as man and wife in the holy bonds of matrimony. Now, as God instituted this marriage, let's just get down to it and get real about it, right? Because a lot of us are in marriage, as we know, it's not a bed of roses. It's not the Garden of Eden. It looks more like chapter three and chapter four than it does chapter two, right? So let's just get real. Right away, we see positive and negative elements of human life being drawn out in Adam and in Eve through their marriage. And that's what we see in Genesis chapter three, particularly wrapped up right there in verse 17. Now we know what happened. The fall of man came. Eve was tempted and led away. She then brought her husband into that temptation. And in chapter three, verse 17, we see as God's bringing judgment on Adam, he says this, he says, because you were led astray by your wife, you will be judged. Now, there's a couple of things to consider here. There's the sin that was happening in Eve's life, where she was led away into temptation and, and put herself in a vulnerable spot outside of the bounds of her marriage, taking herself outside of the submission and protection of her husband. But there's also something to consider about Adam that he was derelict in his responsibility of love and protection and guidance to his wife. And this breakdown between their marriage communication, this breakdown between their marriage dynamic made both of them vulnerable. And we see that it caused them not to live up to the full expression of everything that God had for them when he put Adam and Eve together in that garden and gave them a great purpose to multiply and fill the earth, to subdue and have dominion over all creation and represent the king and his kingdom upon the earth, proving that God has the right to rule the universe. Now, the way that God has designed marriage with the two becoming one, <laughs> that puts each individual Let's just say it puts us all in a predicament, right? I mean, it's a predicament. I'm here to tell you, let's just be honest, okay? Marriage puts us instantly into a predicament. No more independent lives, two becoming one. One cannot live for themselves. There's no more rationalizing my quirky ways or even my sinful ways. No more living in an echo chamber of one's solo life. And no longer do we live unchallenged by our flesh and all of its self-centered nature because we've been joined together with another. I'm telling you, you are put, when, when you get married, you're put in a discipleship process, whether you know it or not. And if either of you are going to survive this, you're going to have to figure it out real fast. This is what I'm in. This is what God's doing through this relationship. And if either of us are going to survive it, I'm going to have to let this process do what it was intended to do in my life. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11, and let's see how God bridges the Garden of Eden to our lives today when it's not so much a bed of roses, right? How God is still using this process, this relationship of marriage as one of his greatest discipleship processes for our lives. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11, it's going to get into it and, and really start putting a finger 
on how this actually plays out. And remember, we're not talking about this. This isn't a marriage teaching. It's not a marriage preaching or coaching. Really, we're just talking about one thing. How does God use marriage as a discipling process in your life? So as we read this scripture, I want you to be thinking about that. What is this scripture teaching me about how God wants to use my marriage to mold me and shape me into the image of Christ, to be a kingdom citizen and the best kingdom citizen that I can be? So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11, let's read it in this light. It says, in the Lord, however, a woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. Now hold on to that. Two, becoming one. No longer living isolated, no longer living for me, no longer living solo. The crazy, quirky, weird, wonderful of me is now joined together with the quirky, weird, and wonderful of someone else, and we got to make it happen, all right? The two are no longer independent, for woman came from man, and man also is born of a woman, but everything comes from God. Guys, what I want you to see here is that two becoming one is really the dynamic and the structure of how God is bringing us together and using marriage as a discipling part of our life. Here's a question for you. So how does that land on you? How does it challenge you? Don't you really think about that? The answer is it challenges every area of our life. I want you to think about it. When two become one, sharing a bed, sharing a home, sharing life, sharing finances, there's not a decision made outside of each other, no longer living those independent lives. Guys, it challenges everything about who we are. There's nothing that escapes it. Man, I know that from my life. My wife, Brooke, and I have been married a little over 27 years, and I'm telling you, through that 27 years that we were married young, it has challenged every area of my life and how good I thought I was and how much I had it going on as a follower of Jesus I realized real quick when I got into the bonds of holy matrimony, there, there was a lot of rough edges the Lord wanted to chip off Kevin Phillips' life. And unfortunately, he had to choose Brooke Phillips to be the one that well, he was going to use to help chip those rough edges off. And you know what? I hope that I've been able to do the same thing for her. Now, as this challenges every area of our life, the only way to not only survive marriage, but also to thrive in marriage is for each of us to die to ourselves and live for Christ together. Let me say it another way. In marriage, if Brooke and I are going to survive this thing, we're going to have to each die to ourselves so that we can live together, so that we can live for Christ, so that we can live for and in and through his kingdom. And that's the whole point of discipleship, right? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, if anyone would want to follow me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, die, and then follow me. <laughs> well, maybe you're like, hey, wait a second, wait a second. That's not what I signed up for in marriage. I had a whole other idea of what this marriage was going to be like. I didn't know I was signing up for a discipleship process. I didn't know I was putting myself into the crucible of trying to come out as a better person, hot on the heels of Christ, living my life as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven right now in my marriage. But let me tell you something. But God is the one 
who put marriage between a man and a woman and put this into play. It's God who designed it and is using it as one of his greatest discipleship processes. And we see in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, that the way we live out our marriage, it impacts our walk with God. Take a look at this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Guys, God has intertwined marriage and our relationship with him. There's no way we can be at peace with God and everything's great. I'm living on the mountaintop when our marriage is a wreck and we are treating our spouse with contempt. So when we see this, that God is the one who put marriage together, it goes all the way back to the garden. He is at work in it, shaping us and molding us into the image of Christ. And the way we live out our marriage impacts our walk with God. Man, for me, I know that was absolutely true. I'm a bit ashamed to say this because a lot of my family and all my friends watch our podcast you know, diligently, and they watch every minute of it, I'm sure. Uh, but I remember one time, Brooke and I were arguing. We were fighting and fussing about something. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember what was happening in me. Uh, I remember the exact road I was on several years ago. I remember the, the turn that I took. And right as I made that turn, you know, I was just kind of gripping the steering wheel. And I was just mad. I was just fuming mad. And I said out loud, I was by myself in the car, and I just said it out loud. I said, God, why do I have to be married to her? You know, I, if I wasn't married to her, I could, I could go wherever I wanted to go and say whatever I wanted to say, do whatever I wanted. Why do I have to be married to her? And I just felt the Lord directly speaking right to my heart. And he's like, that's kind of the point, isn't it? You're married to her, and I've placed her in your life as my representative providing external controls so that you can't go everywhere you want to go. You can't say whatever you want to say and stay married. You can't do whatever you want to do and stay right with her and stay right with me. And that's when I realized what's true for me is also true for you. That God has placed this spouse that's in our life the good and the bad of them, the wonderful and the not so wonderful, the weirdness and the quirks. God has placed them in our lives as his representative. We might lie to ourselves and say, hey, God, I love you. Hey, God, I want to worship you. Hey, God, I want to serve you. But he seems so far away and he is invisible. And in that verticalness, we might lie to ourselves, But when we look at a real flesh and blood person across the table, across the living room, across the bed, over the heads of our children, next to us in the car, year after year after year, in the good times and the bad, when we're looking at that person that we can see, that we can feel, that we can touch, Unless you're just willing to lie and deceive yourself, they are a reflective surface back on us, showing us 
sometimes more about who we are than we want to deal with. And that's what I see in my wife. This wonderful woman that God has placed in my life as his representative to mold me and shape me into everything that he wants me to be. I learned about God's grace, his forgiveness, his love and acceptance by how many times she's shown me grace, her love and her forgiveness and her acceptance of me because she knows me like no one else on this earth knows me and she loves me and accepts me. What a reflection of who my heavenly father is teaching me about how loved I am. And I want you just to consider it today. Hey, if you're not married right now, but you're like, I want to be someday, you need to understand before you step into that, it's a discipleship process. If you're engaged right now and there's an impending marriage coming, you better know, hey, I am engaged to jump into the greatest discipleship process on the face of the earth, right? And get ready for it. If you are married and you're saying, things aren't so good, I want you to consider what is God trying to accomplish in me in this challenging marriage? And if you're one of those fortunate ones that's so blessed to have a great, thriving, healthy marriage, I want you to see what is God doing in that that's making me more and more like Jesus. So here's a few questions for you. And we're going to have these questions actually written out down in the notes here on the podcast. But I want you just to consider them right now and be thinking about them. Have you ever considered that marriage is one of God's greatest discipleship processes and how he is using it to make you more and more like Jesus? I want you to think about that question. Another one that considers this, what is God trying to accomplish in your life through your marriage? What is he drawing attention to and using in your marriage to bring it to the surface like nothing else in this world could do? I want you to ask this. What are you holding on to that's impacting your marriage and your walk with the Lord? What rights are you claiming and holding on to with your spouse that's impacting your walk with them and your walk with Christ? Now, here's our last question. Now, and this one is for you personally, and I want you to take it personally. What part of you needs to die so the two of you can live and become the disciples that God has dreamed for you to be and truly live as a kingdom citizen. Well, when it comes down to it, there's only one way that marriage does not work as a discipleship process. And that's if we never enter into it or we take ourselves out of it prematurely for what God's going to do. Now, listen, I know, I, I know it, that there's people that are listening to the podcast today and your marriage is not perfect by any means. It's not even optimal, right? It's hard. It's difficult. And there's a lot of things that will go back and forth in there. We're not even addressing all that in this podcast. But what I am saying, and I want to give you some hope, is that some of what you're going through, God can redeem that and he can use that as a discipling force in your life through your marriage, no matter where it's at on the spectrum from good to great to not so good to bad. So I want to give you that hope today. Whatever marriage you're in, see it with new eyes today of how God is using it 
as a crucible for developing me into the kingdom citizen he's always dreamed for me to be. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message, write us a review. Let us know what God's doing in your life and how you're seeing his discipling effect through your marriage. Share it with a friend. There's someone in your life you know that needs to hear this and will be blessed and benefit from it and can gain that new kingdom discipleship perspective on what marriage is all about. Thanks for tuning in and now go be in it, but not of it.